Ever quit a job? Ever redefined yourself within one? Never started something in one big or failed? Quit is a call-in show helping people sort out their lives, reevaluate their options, kick their crummy corporate stooge jobs to the curb, and hopefully start something awesome. I'm Dan Benjamin. Today is Friday. It's always Friday. June 28th, 2013. This is our 29th episode. You know, sometimes we have guests, and today we are lucky enough to have an in-studio guest, which we haven't done for too long, I think. Turns out there's a young man in town here in Austin, lives here, has lived here for a while, and first time that we've met, even though I've been here two years already. Shame on me. It's like there's a Venn diagram and there's no intersection until today. Today is the intersection of the Venn That's diagram. Right. You're hearing the lovely tones, the dulcet tones. <laughs> Of Brian Brushwood, not Bushwood. We talked about Thank this you. before. It's Brush. You can't forget the R. It's tougher than you would think. And uh, I, you know, where are people going to know you, you? Let's start out in the podcasting space. In the podcasting space, you, you have you, NSFW. Right, on the Twit on Network. On the Twit Network. Also do Frame Rate over at Twit, right. where we talk about the changing shape of the way we consume our television and movies and uh, watch on demand, mm-hmm. viral videos. And then uh, uh, the biggest one is uh, Scam School with Revision 3 Now Discovery, right. where you learn uh, tips and tricks to score free drinks at the bar. That's nice. And it, so here you are. You, you know that... Uh, that uh, NSFW was uh, nominated, or was it? Or did it nominate and it won? Did it win? For for what? I don't know. Is this a new award? <laughs> we we were named a top uh, a top audio podcast by iTunes. A couple That's of years right. Back. In two thousand nine. No, two thousand ten. Two thousand ten. Yeah. You were named Scam it. School was two thousand eight and two thousand nine. Okay. I was big three years ago. Yeah. <laughs> That's how things work. It, it, as people, they peak, and when they're they're on their way down, on they are on down. my show. That's right. <laughs> There was a when I do you remember the Magic Island over in Houston, Texas? No. Okay, there was it was a place. It was like um, a theme park version of the Magic Castle. It was all done up like a <laughs> like a like a pyramid. And uh, uh, I remember being 19 years old and uh, going with my friend, and we said to one of the guys, uh, like, "Oh my god, like we want to be professional magicians." And yeah. the guy, in a very patronizing way, says, "Oh great, then we'll see you twice." Once on your way up, once on your way down. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Okay, so here's the other place that people might know you for because you do something that's called bizarre magic, and I and this is the kind of thing where you're you you're you're pushing things into one part of your body and they come out of the other part of your body and sometimes fluids go through them. Yeah, well, this is my this this is, is that my, an ac- an apt description? Of, sure, okay. let's yeah, cl- close enough for me. Uh, this is my new day job because uh, I wanted to. Uh, I, I've always loved magic, right? But yeah. it, but you think of magic, you think of kids' birthday parties and stuff, right? And I wanted to design like a punk rock magic show. So there's fake blood, there's sticking nails in my eyes, there's mind reading. I cut off my tongue and blood goes everywhere and stuff. Is that true? Uh, well, I don't actually cut off my tongue, if that's what you're wondering. But uh, uh, but nowadays, it, you know, moving into since 2008, it's mm-hmm. like uh, podcasting has become my passion, and and more and more the stage show is. Is my new day job that I need to quit? I need to quit again. You need to quit. That. I need to quit twice. Yeah. Well, we can talk about that because that's what we talk about on the show. You can talk about how you got your start. You told me I didn't know a lot of what you told me today when we were. So we went to this thing. Also in 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 the studio with us is my producer, account manager Hattie Cook. Hi, Hattie. Oh, hi. You're on a different mic. I am. So if you, she sounds a little different, she I, sounds velvety. <laughs> maybe it's you sure. sound better on this mic. I don't think. Well, I don't know. It's up to you. I think you have too much. I think you sound like Too dirt, much. Dirty Butter. Like, like <laughs> I think we have a show title. <laughs> I think we do. Uh, and also off mic is Joel Bush. Now, we got to tell you about Joel Bush has a new show coming. Who's Joel Bush? Who is this guy? This is a guy, one of the first people I met on my uh, journey to Austin. And he said to me, uh, I'll be your man on the street. 
Didn't you say that? I think you said that. And uh, and sounds like a proposition. Yeah. Oh, maybe the offer still stands. <laughs> and uh, and and so Joel was here. Joel runs a, a lovely uh, little company called Amplifier. They print many many things, including all of the T-shirts that we have ever sold. And uh, they do a, a bang up job. They also do fulfillment and other wonderful things like that. He's off mic because it, well, this is a low budget operation. We can't afford a fourth mic. We've got three, and that's all we've got. I could have brought in a thing. Anyway, that's all right. He can lean in and we can harmonize. He's here because, he's here because, on the one hand, he's the reason why Brian and I met. He introduced us, number one. Number two, uh, I know this isn't all inside baseball. Uh, number two, he is starting a new show right here on 5x5. It's called Capital. Could you swing your mic to him so he could just qu- quickly give us a, a soundbite of what, what it's going to be about and then to take the mic away from him? <laughs> the shortest description, that's I guess, Bush. would be, I, I intend to have a, an ongoing conversation with a series of friends and, and some folks I haven't met yet, but it'll all be about sort of community driven entrepreneurship on the web. I love it. And can, can I, can I tell some backstory on, on Joel's amplifier? Yes. Thing? Uh, the, uh, like that's I, all you get. That's your, all, all your time on the mic. And also y'all are being very kind and everything. Just everyone in the audience know that Joel's amplifier, we actually have about 90 no, uh, to 100 yours. employees it's now. No, it's all you. Started it right. with a friend of mine named Jeff Sewell. And, uh, well, that's what I wanted to I say. I don't officially run Whatever, things, dude. et cetera. But you just, can be just, modest all okay. you want. So, uh, he, and his name of his show is Capital, C-A-P-I-T, let's be clear, A. Like yeah. money. Like money. Cash dollars. So it's going to be 5 by 5tv slash Capital, and it starts live next Friday. All right. He'll just be making it rain the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> Point calls it. What are you going to do when all the phone lines light up and they're like, I have a business venture idea? You're like, no, I'm not giving out capital. I'm right. talking about capital. Right. Okay, backstory. Oh, well, I was going to say, like, like the, the, the whole thing, Amplifier started off as, um, uh, it, tell me if I'm understanding this or remembering this correctly, Joel. Like, uh, uh, Amplifier began with you and, and Jeff Sewell because uh, uh, Jeff Sewell founded Despair.com, the demotivational posters. With his brother and Dr. Right, correct. And along and along that path, you guys had to solve all kinds of problems with fulfillment. You had to learn how to scale. You had to learn how to print on demand. You had to learn how to, you know, run run commerce websites, customer service. And then, as you returns. were doing all that, it occurred to you that every other independent person with an idea in the new media space was having to solve all these exact same things themselves. And the idea, and rather than everybody building their own island, you're like, well, why don't we, why don't we scale this out and make them uh, make this stuff available to everyone? Exactly, as yes. a, and act as a fulfillment company. So you that's launched pretty accurate. Yeah, you, uh, so you launched on. originally as Copernica, which uh, which mm-hmm. was based on the idea that Copernicus was the one who said, it, you know, the center has shifted. That's it's right. That the, the universe doesn't revolve around the Earth; we move around the sun. Right. And then you figured out that Copernica was hard for anyone to remember. Copernica. <laughs> what do you mean the What do you mean the Earth isn't the fixed center of the universe? What are you talking about? And so then you changed it to Amplifier, right? Yes, very and, or very early on, like two three years in. And now you guys do fulfillment. For a while, you guys were the fulfillment center for all the online sales of the Livestrong bands. Mm-hmm. You guys now fulfill like all of Rooster Teeth and uh, Ask a Ninja. Despair. Ask a Ninja, not so much, but the they've kind of the ninjas left. Slowed down, they but yeah, they're but Kent, you know, they're they're doing great stuff still, but we don't. We don't work with those guys anymore, but no. over, yes, we're seeing about getting some headphones. Jim. All kinds of, uh, all kinds of. He's like, he big sounds good. He's got. He sounds good without even headphones to hear himself. He's got an intuitive sense. Yeah. of this. Well, my and, whole point and is, the other thing is, over since you've been 
because you, 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 you fired me as a client. client. I was one of the original clients. Go ahead and say it. I was one of the original <laughs> clients, and you fired me as a client because I didn't have enough volume. We, we, uh, <laughs> I don't know that I would describe it that way. Um, and today, of course, one can become a client with no minimums whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Use Merchify. But the, uh, mm-hmm. we also do a tremendous amount of production now. That wasn't in the original. When we first started working with Despair, we didn't make anything. But these days, we do a lot of screen printing and all kinds of on-demand stuff. Anyway, my whole point is like, like Joel knows, like, like it's been amazing he knows everybody, over the last, he? oh my God, he's so connected and he's, well, and I think you were about to start explaining his group, the regulars that yeah. he founded. Yeah. So we, he, he has, I don't know if I can explain that. First of all, I told him the name is no good. It should be the regulators. <laughs> I think it should Remember be the that? irregulars, the irregulars. Like, like the Baker street irregulars. <laughs> but he doesn't, uh, he, he doesn't listen to me. <laughs> The regulars um, just seems like like we all you know have very good uh, digestive systems. Well, I mean, you've seen you're my age. You've seen Young Guns, and uh, they remember the regulators. <laughs> so this is what I tell him. He I should remember have, the Bon Jovi. He song. needs a chant or he needs well, a call that he can you know muster the you he know. He also needs a volleyball dance, team. Dance fist is in the air. Yeah. Saying so. That. <laughs> uh, so anyway, so uh, Joel has this nice little meetup here uh, in, here in Austin at uh, some coffee shop. Yeah, it works. Whatever, as long as he can. I guess we should Put plug it. We got people in Austin who'd come out. I mean, Austin's a great town for this stuff. So they do it. And, and anyway, this is enough about Joel. Nobody cares. Yeah. Austin, <laughs> until you have a show, no one cares. Totally yeah, but he has a show. Uh, well, I mean, I want to hear it. It's going to be a good, it is a good show. Do you hear what is lined up? Dude, I With know Joel. That's all that he I knows? need to know. Anyway. He knows everyone. Friday mornings. I don't know when it starts. Eight. Fridays. Oh, the, you're talking the regulars? Regulators. Yeah. I, <laughs> you're just going to call the regulators? I arrive. <laughs> Every week by eight o'clock okay. at Mozart's Coffee on okay. Lake Austin Boulevard, uh, but most people arrive between nine thirty and ten. And I was there uh, by nine thirty. People stream in and out all all morning long. No, just go right over. Just go right over. This is what we do. We're setting him up. This right is totally now, live pro. The- this is how they do it on NPR too. Is this what it's like in Petaluma, Brian? <laughs> Pretty much, give or take. <laughs> there we go. You're plugged in. You look good. Right, hey, wow, uh, audio. Yes, no, uh, this is good. But it should be said that this is a what you've set up, Joel, is a unconventional back channel where, uh, like, a filmmaker coming through town will hear about right. the regulator, uh, regulators. Regulators, it <laughs> thank too. you. He'll hear about, and show up at Mozart's, and you get unprecedented access every time I've gone. Every single person, like, I'm just chatting. You know, I'm some idiot who eats fire on the internet, and I'm talking to a venture capitalist <laughs> who does angel funding, and it's like you attract the most interesting eclectic group of people to this thing. Thank you. We've been doing it for five years now. Every Friday. And uh, I think I think what's attractive to it for all kinds of folks is that it's very horizontal. It's really cool. Austin, like many towns, there's all kinds of meetups for people who do a certain kind of thing. They're screenwriters or they're coders and, you know, Ruby on Rails developers and things like that. But the point of regulars is to be a counterpoint and just everyone from all walks of life mm-hmm. walks in. There's no filter. It's not exclusive. Anybody can show up. Everyone's accessible, you know. And we'll hang out and have a conversation. Principally, it, it's just a conversation. Would you say it's like a, well, I guess you just defined it, but it's like, to me, it just feels like a very uh, disruptive anti-establishment kind of thing. It's, 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 it's like punk rock entrepreneurship. <laughs> People can wear flip-flops <laughs> and any, anything they want. No shoes required. Tie. Anything they want. Shoes, speaking of, shoes are the new tie. Oh, really? Shoes so you're saying, lose the shoes. Lose the shoes. Huh? shoes so next time you tie. see someone in suit, you're, or shoes, you're like, nice job, suit. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for thanks for mentioning. So anyway, new show, Capital, coming to Five by Five next week. Very excited about it. Thank you, uh, Joel. Joel's going to hang out because he's got to learn the ropes. That's what he's here for. And by the way, if you want to call in and talk to uh, to me or to Brian, 
uh, maybe even to Joel. You do that, the uh, number to dial is 512-518-5714. Again, 512-518-5714. If you're on the fence about calling in, this is the weird thing. Uh-oh. You know, we were talking before uh, this morning, we were talking about audience engagement and, and, and working with and, and call-ins and things like that. People, I will get emails from people, long, long, long emails talking about their problem and everything else. They say, I'd love to call in, but I'm not sure if I should. Yeah. I'm like, yes, of course you should call in. What's this, the hesitation? Yes, call in. We love to talk to people. And some, some shows we get one call. Some shows we get, you know, by the time I start the show, there's a dozen calls already in line on hold for an hour to, to get in here. So it just, I don't know what goes on it's, with It's them. the same thing on Scam School. At the end of every episode, we're like, hey, if you got a favorite bar scam, write me directly at mm-hmm. brianatshwood.com. And I get emails all the time like, hey, Brian, I don't know if you read this. Or, or it's like people will hit me up on Twitter like, I have an idea for a bar scam. Where should I send it? Mm-hmm. I'm like, how about, it's like new media is not so big that you're not going to get the actual guy exactly. who says he's going to be there. Right. So anyway, on, I, I was originally going to talk about things. And, you know, we could kind of talk about it a little bit. Uh, I was going to talk about competition mm-hmm. within the context of the movie. There will be blood. Okay, you have not seen There Will Be Blood, so we won't. We're not going to do that. Okay. Well, I know it's it's very. Joel, com- have you not seen it either? I know it's a movie of. Oh, dude, I feel so much better now. <laughs> I would have figured Joel would be on your side. Oh my god! I know. Can I just say <laughs> I've seen There Will Be Blood? Come well, on, guys! But, but I know it's about <sighs> it's about cutthroat, like zero cutthroat sum oil, oil man. Yeah, which I love. Dude. Well. Just she, oil, oil man. Just kidding. My little fat businessman from Dallas. <laughs> this Suspended. is a different kind of uh, <laughs> a, uh, kind of oil man. Um, there's a great quote from this movie, and I'm going to see if I can. Okay, it looks like I can play this. Let's see what happens. Let's see how bad this works. Here's a. This might be a. Com- uh, it's a commercial. Great. 15 second commercial on YouTube. That's do you, fine. Do you make a lot of money from those? You have a lot the of 15, stuff on no, YouTube. No, dude. And by the way, everyone is all like, I'll get famous on YouTube and then I'll make the money on the ads. Yeah. Uh, YouTube pays out a ridiculously poor CPM uh, for their ads. All right. Here's the clip. I have a competition in me. I want no one else to succeed. I hate most people. That part of me is gone. Talking to is let's working just say and not succeeding. All my uh, I don't even want to say who the person is. These talking no, That's it's, fine. it's better that way. I don't want to ruin anything. I just don't. Talking care. about Daniel Plainview, who is an oil man. He is a very. Well, if it's in me, it's in you. He's a very successful oil man, or will Times be. Times when I I look at people and I see nothing worth liking. And he's talking about how he's coming to this town. I want to earn enough money to, to, to feed everyone. Pretty get much. away from everyone. But he hates, this is the thing. He doesn't like people. And, so, he, and there's that line, he says, I have competition in me. Here's the thing. And I hear this time and time again. Like, I don't, I understand the whole competition thing. And I talk time and time again to people. And, they're, and especially people who I know who are successful in whatever space that they're in. And they, they tend to be, and, and so I want to talk to you about this, they tend to be competitive in a sense that not like, oh, I like to compete, I like to go, not in the sporting sense not, not of competition. Not I like to try really hard and feel good about what I've achieved Exactly. Kind of yeah. Not, okay, so there's, and golf is a good example of this. When you're playing golf, you're competing only with yourself. The right. other people are out there. 
But you're not saying, oh, I'm going to – no, it's all internal. It's right. all internal, which is different from something like the NFL where you're on a team and as a group, you're it's a, it's a different mindset, right? It's a different mentality. And time and time again, I will, I will meet people who are, who are what I think of as very successful. Uh, and I've had shows where we def- try and define what success is, and I don't, I don't think I've done that very well. But successful in the sense of they're, they're known and maybe leading or one of the leaders of their particular industry. And they're very competitive, but they're competitive in, in the way that Daniel Plainview and There Will Be Blood is competitive. Right. And what I mean by that is— Like, like a zero-sum way. There has they, to be a winner and a loser. Right. In order for me to win, I, I, even if I'm super successful, I have not won unless you've lost— I, I, my show won't be the best unless your show sucks and get, is off the air. See, I, I don't get this because like all you're doing in that case is you're cutting off heads of the Hydra that you know so that heads of the Hydra that you don't know come and take their place. <laughs> right. It's like I would rather be at the top of my game and have all my friends be in second place yeah. than have just enemies that I don't know be in second place. It's like uh, business is made of win and the more of your friends – who are your competitors that and I'm not talking about collusion or anything like that but it's it's easier to get stuff done when when you and your friends are growing the pie together mhm or even your enemies just make friends with everyone there is a um macworld august of 1997 uh where steve jobs um he says famously and this will all be in the show notes show notes are at 5by5.tv/quit/29 he says, we have to let go of this notion that for Apple to win, Microsoft has to lose. We have to embrace a notion that for Apple to win, Apple has to do a really good job. And if others are going to help us, that's great because we need all the help we can get. And if we screw it and we don't do a good job, it's not somebody else's fault. It's our fault. So if you want a real life example of this, yeah. I mean, look what's happening in new media right now. Uh, new media is a brand new market. And which if you were the only player in new media and you had burned everyone else to the ground, mm-hmm. new media in general would be a less robust and less healthy marketplace. Mm-hmm. It would be less mature and it would be less legitimate. But because there are so many networks that are d- developing from the ground up, mm-hmm. you know, we have Leo Port's Twit Network, mm-hmm. 5 by 5 uh, Revision 3 and so on. Uh, in many ways, having more competition and everybody working to expand the pie – uh, makes everybody full of win. It does. It it really does. And but I want to point out something that because this this let's call it new media like you're doing is in its infancy right now. I mean, barely in its infancy. Yeah. At the same time, it's it's poised with this kinetic energy that's building that will lead to I think taking over and and destroying what we think of as old. Media that is traditional radio. I'll even say potentially satellite radio. All of the because we're streaming live right now, right? And we have hundreds, maybe thousands of listeners who are listening right now. Uh, this will then become a podcast that thousands more people will download and listen to, and they'll listen to it when they feel like listening to it. It won't. It won't be at five p.m. because that's when it comes on. It'll be at five twenty-eight p.m. Pacific time because that's when they hit play. Right. That's when they go on their jog. Exactly. Or when they walk their dog or when they're whatever. And that's the way that people want this kind of entertainment. And they can listen to to a show like this or a show like yours because it's specific to the interests that they have. And they don't have to just wait and hope that that one eight minute segment on this other show might address the one thing that they're interested in. Right. Okay. So we're all working together. And in a sense, we're competing with the old guard. Right. But I do recognize in myself 
it's not a desire that I have for other people to, to lose. I don't want other people to lose. I think we're all better off with lots of people doing it, lots of people being involved in this and, and in a sense working together on it. But I, I do acknowledge and see that Daniel Plainview mentality in there, which is like, I, re- I, I really do want to win this. It's sure. not the desire to, to be number one as much as, and so the way I channel that is to say, is to look at the Steve Jobs quote and say, uh, we have to do a good job. We need to do a good job. And if we don't do a good job, that's our fault. That's my fault. And I don't understand. I don't understand this attitude. And I was just talking to Anne Hattie. You know who I'm talking about too. You know who I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Who was telling me just a night or two ago, uh, they said, like, I don't even want this other person to exist. Right. I don't want this other person on the planet. I don't want their business to even be there. there see, there ain't no money in that, though. I want to be the only one that's doing it. And if they do something, I'm going to do something that's just like it, but better. Ugh. But what's wrong with that? That's competition. That's I'm, consumerism. That's capital capitalism, Joel. Capitalism. <laughs> right? Got, isn't, isn't that saying, look, these people made a thermostat. I'm going to make a better, smarter thermostat. I'm going to call it Nest, and I'm going to sell it, and, I, and I'm going to take over the thermostat industry. What's wrong with that? Uh, Why is that bad? I don't want anyone else's thermostat out there. Just mine. A lot of people think that way, Brian. It's just not. It's just not a very healthy way for you to be. (laughs) Instead of thinking about like how can I how can I sabotage their thermostat position, instead (laughs) be thinking about like uh, okay, thermostats exist. Where can I zag? I mean, I guess my whole career has been uh, about finding unfilled niches, and I think that's what new media is all about right now. You know, what we're seeing right now is the most exciting thing. Uh, You know, in in the 1940s, uh, radio was king, and Mm -hmm. then broadcast television started. Mm -hmm. You had three uh, networks, and each one jockeyed about trying to figure out position uh, that, that didn't exist before. At first, they took radio stars and put them on camera, and then mm-hmm. they realized that, that radio stars are hideous. And then they figured out that <laughs> hey, television's its own media. Sorry, present company excluded. <laughs> but, then, but then we saw the same thing. And then that became the establishment. And then in the 1970s, cable got deregulated. And uh, everyone who was entrenched in the old media uh, looked at cable and they're like, what's the point? There is no audience. Why should we? And it was the first movers, you know, the Ted Turners, the right. HBOs, right. CNNs, the MTVs that established position. And in fact, like NBC tried late to get in the game mm-hmm. uh, with a Me Too network called CNBC. They're like, it'll be NBC, but on cable. Mm-hmm. And then it floundered. It went nowhere until right. they realized that they needed to find an unfilled niche. And then they went to business 24 mm-hmm. hour news, mm-hmm. right? Same thing is happening now with new media. Yeah. Uh, you could, you could look at a five by five and say like, Oh, that five by five, I'm going to, I'm going to do that, but better. And I'm going to take him down. I'm going to, I'm going to sap, I'm going to poison his water so mm-hmm. that I can get ahead. Right. But, but that, I mean, and maybe that'd even work, but that's a, that's an awfully hard way to do it. Why not figure out what five by five is not doing and do that instead right. and complement it. Right. Make the pie bigger for everyone. And then I, you get a bigger chunk of the pie. I mean, that's, that's a really great point. You do get a bigger chunk. And, and the, the concept I think it, it, that and, – and there are people who you know, they seem to think that that e- even even in this small little ecosystem of podcasting that we're like at war with one another. And I never – how do you nodding? Yeah, everyone's like, so do you hate this person? No. Yeah, like why would we why we're would we hate same team. a person, <laughs> you know, for, for doing something that they like doing? You know, it, okay, so now here's a different scenario. Let me – let me go to a different scenario here. We're talking about we're talking about Apple and Google. 
and Android and iOS. And there is this quote that Steve Jobs, again, back to Steve Jobs, that Walter Isaacson captured. I'm going to, uh, you know, we try to keep this a clean show, but it doesn't happen. You get edit on the fly? Yeah. So just, here's, say, just say sassafras instead of dirty words. Yeah. He says, our, this is a Steve Jobs talking about Google and Android. Our lawsuit is saying, Google, you effing ripped off the iPhone. Wholesale ripped us off. Grand theft. I will spend my last dying breath if I need to, and I will spend every panel, penny of Apple's $40 billion in the bank to right this wrong. I'm going to destroy Android. And here's why. Because it's a stolen product. I'm willing to go thermonuclear war on this. And that's a differentiator is it was his belief, Steve Jobs' belief, and I think a lot of people agreed with him, probably still agree with him, that Google Android was something that stole, that in, essentially they stole from Apple. And, and now Steve Jobs is saying, you know what, I'm, I'm willing to – now I want to destroy Google or at least Android – because they stole from me, not just because they exist, but because they stole. That's they, a they terrible took a, word, though. Stole. That's stole, his word. Stolen I know, but, product. But, 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 but to steal implies that something has been taken away from you. Well, you and, could – OK, but hang on. You could argue that Apple's sales were hurt. You could argue that they their position as leader in the mobile industry was hurt right. because of the but existence is, of Android. Sure. And, right. and yet, yes, there has been a change in the economic uh, scenery because of so this, they, right? So they were hurt. But yes, but 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 if you say you took away my mm. dominant position, it implies that you are entitled to be number one forever, mm. which nobody owes you nothing, mm. period, yeah. full stop, yeah. whatever it is. So in that case, it's like, yes, you're going to have to work harder because now you have competition. But that is the burden of being number one, mm. is that you will always inspire other people to try to catch up with you. That is that is what that is the price of being number one. Getting good show titles out of you. <laughs> uh, no, but you're right, and I think I think this is this is fundamental. You've you've picked out and identified something I think is fundamental to at least the Steve Jobs philosophy of Apple, which is they are entitled. They were there first, and you've seen you've seen those images where there'll be a compilation showing like here's what cell phones looked like from the very first cell phone all the way up through. Uh, you know, through the iPhone. Right. And they all looked like these little, you know, little uh, keypad things. And maybe there's a Blackberry with a keypad. And all of a sudden you have this big, you know, this big screen thing with no keyboard on it, just glass. And, th- and now all the other phones look just like this. Right. I think this is the kind of thing, especially within Apple, but this is the kind of thing where people would say, you know what? Especially Steve Jobs would say, we, we created this. Yeah. Okay. But at, at what point... Have they gotten enough award? Was it enough of an award to be the number one company on planet Earth? <laughs> yeah. The single most valuable property? Is that not enough? You also need to maintain so how, your dominance How forever? revealing then is this quote that, that you know, this is almost in a way a Daniel Plainview kind of thing is that we're, we're willing to essentially bankrupt the company. This is a – I don't know if I'm – am I reading too much well, into no, this? No, this is an eye for an eye makes the whole world blind, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean it's like but, – but again, it's like – I mean I'm lazy. It's like I look at that and I'm like there ain't no money in that. Where, yeah. where are you – I mean you're going to be – you're going to get this 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 bitter, hate-filled grin on your face mm-hmm. and then die of a heart attack. <laughs> it's like, OK, good. Good so, for you, I guess. I, I mean I have very much a philosophy it's similar to yours in that I think – there's always space for people who are working hard and who want to do good things. There's always room for that. It doesn't have to be us and them. It doesn't have to be win or lose. I think we can all win. 
But there are some very competitive industries. I'll pick a stupid one, Coke and Pepsi, right? Mm -hmm. There's very little, I and mean, people are going to get upset. There's very little difference between Coke and Pepsi. Dude, that's a fact. That's a scientific fact. Yeah. And it's a scientific fact that in blind taste test, Pepsi does better than Coke. Really? Uh, have you heard about this? There's a book called uh, The 22 Immutable Laws of Marketing okay. that, that talks about, like, the you know, uh, for example, be first. If you can't be first, be first in a category. And yeah. The example they give is, you know, we all know who flew across the Atlantic first, uh, but we, nobody knows who the second person is. Yeah. But we do know how the third person is because Amelia Earhart was the first woman to cross the Atlantic. Mm. Uh, same thing for, you know, it's like – anyway, uh, along this line, in, the, in this book, they drop randomly – uh, even though in every taste test, Pepsi freaking wins. Yeah. And I read that. I'm like, I'm like, well, Pepsi's not better than Coke. Uh, but then I wondered, like, how much, like, am I a slave to marketing? Is that really right. what's happening? Why do I like Coke better? Yeah, I do. Let it go. Well, and, and there's been fMRI studies, you know, the functional MRI where they measure your brain activity. Right. When people drink Pepsi, uh, when, when they when they do blind taste tests, OK, uh, taste centers activate for both Coke and Pepsi. Uh -huh. Right. When they know that is when it's not blinded, when okay. they know that it's Coke and they know that it's Pepsi. Uh, in Pepsi, the taste receptors go off, but when it's Coke, also the memory receptors go off because they're thinking of Childhood sitting on the, on the porch with yeah. grandpa and, and all that, that's you know, so funny. Americana right. imagery, right? And, and you know what? That's funny to me that you say that because when I think about Pepsi, it's like, oh yeah, that's that, that's that drink in a can. Sure. When I think of Coca-Cola, yeah. I think of the glass bottle. I think the of the Christie the Christy Brinkley ad where she, you know, see, sure, we're old sure. enough, Joel, you know what I'm talking about. I think about you know, the tragedy of, of New Coke. That's right. But yeah, like Hattie said, the polar bears with the, and the very Christy. And you know, it reminds you, me of going to the movie theater because they always had the polar bear thing playing right that's before right. the movie. You see, and, and it, and it yeah. becomes very Americana. It becomes very middle America. You know, it's all of those things. And Pepsi's like, well, yeah, I, they, they don't have Coke here, so I'll get a Pepsi. Well, that, well, that's the other, that's the other rule is if you can't be number one, be number two. And the way you win at number two <laughs> is by being the opposite of whatever no, number one is. So yeah. since Coke is all about sitting on the porch with grandpa, yeah. that means Pepsi has to be the choice of a new generation. Uh -huh. It's punk rock you know sorry dad i ain't gonna drink your coke right you drink pepsi products <laughs> so it's like you're rebelling against the old guard like we're doing with the new media stuff right yeah well and certainly there is kind of a punk rock attitude to the yeah. new media which yeah. i really dig yeah and i mean i remember um you know the the whole concept of like pirate radio back in the days before the internet yeah and what was that one movie with christian slater pump up the volume yeah. you remember we that the pirate radio i station. never saw that but i always wanted to was it good it, it was good in 1980 <laughs> or whatever yeah, yeah. whatever they, it was no, i thought they did a remake of that i would never watch that uh th there was uh there was a recent movie that was about the actual pirate historical radio, event yeah. of the the guys in england that would go out to international waters yeah, and, and broadcast <clears throat> called pirate radio called in pirate 2009 radio. clever title mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't, I, is it worth watching today? I don't know. I'm going to, uh, I'll put it in the show notes anyway. Yeah, there but, it is. But okay, I think, 1990, I think, 1990. I think so I, I would say back to your point, mm -hmm. I would say that yes, you can fight to the bitter end from hell's heart. I stab at thee. Yeah. You can be con and blow up in the, in the regulus. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> but, but there is no, that's not the easy way to succeed in business. I don't think. I think the easy way is to do what nobody else is doing, especially now in new media, where's the Oklahoma land grab. It's like, there's more free territory. You shouldn't be fighting over territory because it's as far as the eye can see. Okay. But, and here's where, here's where, and you know, what I should do a sponsor, Hattie. Um, here's where, and so this is what I know you're, you're new to this, Brian. This is what they call a teaser. Hmm. Um, I'll do this before the sponsor. <laughs> Tell me more about it. I'll, I'll explain it. Uh, basically I think, 
we are competing, though, for a listener's time in that maybe a listener only has five hours a week to listen to shows. Sure. And they've got uh, NSFW course. They've got Quit. They've got uh, Radio Lab, This American Life. And they want to, you know, and, and now there's some new show that's going to come that came out that they're interested in. It's called Capital, Capital. on 5 by 5 Everyone's talking about it. Who are they going to get rid of? Your show? My show? One of those because they only have the five hours because that's all they've got because that's their gym time and their grocery shopping time, mm-hmm. right? We are competing now. We are competing for okay. Hold right, your thought. Let's, I'm going to need a couple minutes to think about uh, this. I'll take Can my you time. chat about something else for a moment? I could do that. All right. Let me tell you about a little something called Shutterstock.com. You will find over twenty. This is real. Over twenty million stock photos, vectors, illustrations, video clips. You name it, they have it. These folks are really great because they work with a lot of independent content creators. These are people who are out there with their cameras. They take a good picture. Then they go to Shutterstock and that went so that when you buy a picture from Shutterstock, you're supporting this independent talent, but it's not just images. I mean, obviously you can go there, you can put together amazing images. You can upload, I mean, you can download the high resolution version. It's just one price. You get all the versions of them. You need it, take it. You can curate and share these pictures via light boxes. So you can create multiple light boxes, organize this stuff, send it out to your, uh, to your, your friends, your colleagues, your clients, have them collaborate with you that way. It's really amazing, but it's not just images, okay? You got infographic templates, you got icons, you got vectors, you're putting together a big presentation, you're building a web application, you need icons for it. iOS, you want to show a little movie? They've got really great movies. I mean, the stuff that these guys have here, and this is, Patty, I know you- It's all professionally curated, too. Oh, yeah. This isn't just garbage that somebody uploaded. These are really, really high. Are they still adding 10,000 images a day, Heidi? 10,000 new images every single day. It seems false. It's not false. It's true. Except it's the opposite of false. I would like to see a list of the 10,000 images that were added within (laughs) Uh, the last 24 hours. I'll get Danielle on it. They have 24-hour support during the week. They give you an account, a dedicated account rep. Anyway, this is all free until you want to buy something. But you can go there. You can put these light boxes together. You can even have the images and show them to people, even integrate them until you're ready to launch the thing. You want to buy it. There's a code. Code is Dan sent me six. Number six. Dan sent me six. 30% off. Okay, so it could be one image. It could be a thousand images. They're going to give you 30% off. Do you realize if you got a billion dollars worth of images, that would be almost $300 million you would <laughs> wow. save? Wow. I mean, I'm wow. just saying, put it in perspective. Here. I didn't, I, you know, I never thought of that. So that you could you could really save some big money. <laughs> Dan sent me six, 30% off shutterstock.com. Go check them out. Competing for time, Brian Brushwood. So, all right. I've got I've got an answer for you. Okay. You're right. There is it, it it is a So now I am competing with with your shows. Sure. There exists only so many hours that people can listen to everything. Uh but there's two ways to play the game. Uh, there's, uh, we'll say, supply side and, um, you know, uh, and, and the warrior mentality. Okay. The warrior mentality is usually how whoever's in number one uses their unfair leverage, money, time, and resources to try to squish new competition. Uh, new, unfortunately, right now in new media, we're all newbies. You know, some of us have bigger positions. Some of us have better financial backing. Some of us are supported by old media. Uh, but the landscape is relatively new. And before anyone knows what this is, it seems to me like a bad play mm-hmm. to try to crush those those beneath you. If you, if you, if you ever read uh, The Master Switch, it talks about the rise and fall of information empires. And it talks about how the, the cycle is time and time you have an established 
presence, uh, usually consolidated into a monopoly, duopoly, duopoly or oligar- oligarchy. And then um, you have somebody with uh, who doesn't have a vested interest in the game one way or the other, comes in from the outside with an advancement to, to transform mm-hmm. the way information is done. And usually the first play is like you say. To say, okay, we got to crush it. We got to stop it. We got right. to make it happen. And usually, uh, either they buy them out or uh, or they they fail. In which case, then this becomes a new thing. We see it from telegraphs to the AT and T with the telephone. Then we saw it with uh, t- a telephone to radio. Then we mm-hmm. saw it with the radio to television. Then yeah. cable. And now with the internet. Uh, the good news is, is it's early enough in here. I don't think it's a smart play to be trying to crush people beneath your boot heel. But maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe maybe you know something about the way five by five wants to do things. No, no, <laughs> and that's not what I'm saying at all. I think I think you know. I feel like there's such a space right now, like you're talking about, that anybody who want and so this is this is the thing that iTunes really did is before iTunes, I had a show. As I know you have, you've had shows going way back. Sure. When you, you know when iTunes came out with integrated podcasting, and it gave us a place to go to find stuff. And listen to it. It made it so easy to get it onto our iPods at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, boy, that really changed everything. And it made it, I think it made it a much uh, much more interesting place. Because if you remember, we had Odeo, which eventually was uh, became Twitter. Right. But as soon as, uh, you know, as soon as iTunes came out with that, Odeo was like, okay, we're done. Huh. Talk about competition right there. An entire business ended when another business that had way more penetration and way more users, they knew. I remember I was at that WWDC keynote when they announced that. Right. And I remember standing in that room and I looked at the the friends I was there with, and I said, "Odio is gone." This is this is the buggy whip problem, though. Really? Like like are we are we all crying because buggy whip manufacturers have all been chased <laughs> off? And these people, the, the people at Odio didn't get struck by lightning and die. Right. You know, they all went on to other positions and companies. True. Some of them are now millionaires, I'm sure, because I'm sure. they because of the opportunity to go. Right. With- it, it. But what, yeah. So your point is, they said, you know what? We're smart enough to know we can't compete with Apple in they this zagged. space. But yeah. We're going to do this other thing, sure, and that that nobody else is doing, and they did it, and now look at uh, at where they are. And of course, people get frustrated because they say, "Well, yeah, that you know, but where's the next Twitter? Well, there is going to be a next Twitter or a Facebook. Of course, in twenty years, it's not just going to be Twitter and Facebook anymore. Oh no, somebody's going to come out with something. Five years from now, it won't be Twitter and Facebook. Exactly. So let me. Uh, there, there's a an article here. I wanted to talk to you about, it, and then we'll try and get some calls. My startup has 30 days to live. Have you read this? No. Okay. Adding it to my audible queue right now. This is, uh, all of these things are going to be in the show notes. Five by five. And uh, you will be, I just, you know, I don't want to sound like a broken record. Uh, slash 29. You will, you can, this was written anonymously. Okay. This is a post that was, this is a, an article that was, uh, that was written anonymously. And... Do you know what website or was it just released it on is a blog? My startup has 30 days to live.tumblr.com. And it's it's a very interesting take because it basically the title is of this particular article is in 30 days, my startup will be dead. And a lot of people have written sort of response articles to this. Uh, but here's what he says. Well, I assume it's a he, maybe it's not. We'll call him a he. Almost two years ago today, I quit my day job and started building something. After months of customer development discussions, oh, he says, well, with my wife, so. (laughs) 
maybe, maybe it's it's a he, maybe not. You know that? Sure. You've got to be politically correct here. With my wife about my plans, savings, and sleepless nights, I finally decided to take the plunge. I'm glad I did. The day I quit my job marked the beginning of an epic roller coaster ride, one that saw me hit the top of TechCrunch, hire employees, and become a rising star in the technology world. Glowing in our newfound success and ramen riches, we got an offer that seemed to be the key to making it huge. We were offered a spot in a very well-known accelerator. Um, the day we set foot in the doors of the accelerator, we had a business that David Hannemeyer Hansen would be proud of bootstrap lean and already providing in a small way, at least the needs of my family and then my co-founder. He goes on to talk about this. They listen to their investors. Um, you know, they, but he, he says, I didn't believe he said, we drank the Kool-Aid and went all in. I didn't believe what I was selling my investors. This was not the company I put my life on the line to build. They raised their round. They closed up early, built a team, but he goes on to talk about how, uh, he he built a team. He says, I didn't build it with generalists and with people who could jump into any area of the business and get stuff done. Instead, I built it with quality-minded perfectionists who would build beautiful things. These people have their place, but not as early founders unless they can hustle. Thus, in many ways, when my startup fails, I can clearly say that I failed since behind the scenes, I'm responsible for much of what the world sees and how these gears of this albeit tiny organization turn. And, you know, basically, he's he's thrown in the in the towel and he says, I won't make payroll next week if I don't, you know, this is this is somebody who's given up. Now, um, O'Malik wrote a piece kind of responding to this, saying, this bothers me. It's not done. You know, like, don't throw in the towel. Don't give up. Wait a minute. This is a guy who, from what We don't I, know who this from, is. Well, whoever it is, he just says he doesn't believe in it. Right. Then good. Fail. Go do something better. So Wait, why are you, you still doing this? You're in the wrong business. Isn't that what quit's all about? Yeah, but you don't believe in this. Okay, but he's got employees. He's got people he hired. So what? He's Are you doing them money a favor by, by keeping him on the tit for a businesses that's not going to go anywhere? That's not helpful. So you're saying he's just being honest. I'm just saying, rip that Band-Aid off, bro. Go do something you love. <laughs> I think uh, that's the title. Rip that Band-Aid it, off, bro. It's a, it's a good title, but here's the thing is what about, what about the fact that he has hired people? What about the fact that he... You know, he's got a family to support. I told a story. I know you don't listen to the show, so I'll tell it. I again. Listened, I've I listened to listen. every single episode. I know you never listen to this show, so I'll tell you the story <laughs> briefly. Uh, and this is my favorite story to tell on this show. I had a, I had left a, a corporate stooge job in a company with thousands of employees. And I worked in a cube and I wrote Java. Okay. So you've got, I can, I can you've relate. got, the, you've got the image. I'm I had there. a goatee. I was there everything. in 1998. Yeah. Same time period. A little, this was a little later. And I, uh, I was working at this company and I heard about a new opportunity to come and be like a technology director at a, what today we would call a startup. Back then we just called a small business. Sure. And, uh, and, and I don't think that they had taken investment. They just, uh, you know, and I said, you know what, I'm going to go and do this other, this other job. And what's good is that this, this job not working out is what led me to really jumpstart my own thing. So th there's a happy ending there, right? But when I, I took the job and I went to work there and found out within days that it was not at all what they had described, right. not at all what they had said, this is what it's going to be about, this is what you'll be doing. It was I was essentially doing like data entry and running a CMS, which is not at all what they told me it would be. However, I didn't do the right thing. The right thing would have been to go to my boss and say – this job isn't what I thought it would be. I'm not happy. Um, let's talk about how to either change this job right. 
or, you know, I, I think I'm just going to go. Right. That would have been the right thing to do. Instead, I said, I really need this paycheck. So I'm going to like do the absolute bare minimum that I need to do here until I can find some other job. And I know they'll notice, but I hope they don't notice. But I know they're going to know that I'm completely, utterly miserable here. See, and in that case, you're stuck in the mushy middle, right? Because yeah. if you were fired or quit, right. then you would attack that job market with a passion that you'd never seen before. It would be life or death for you, and you'd be going through 20, 30 different opportunities per day. But instead, you're just sort of stuck in purgatory. And meanwhile, you didn't do your employer any good because you were checked out. Mm -hmm. You're just there to collect a paycheck and sort of just coast. Mm -hmm. It's like that's how I feel about like if, if this guy's business is going to go under in 30 days anyway – What's so great about 30 days of ignorance for all his employees? Why not just say, hey, man, look, this ain't, this ain't going to work out. I don't believe in it. The, the market says it's not going to go anywhere. You know, here's 30 days severance. Everybody run, find yourself another job. And so, I mean, why, why wait that 30 days and then hit everyone with the surprise, gotcha, we're all out of money and bankrupt? All right. So the, a guy named uh, Francis uh, Pedrasa has a response piece to this, and, he, and, and here's what he says. Okay, he says he, he links to the article and he says, um, I totally disagree with the message. It doesn't sit right with me or speak for me. It makes me want to shout, don't jump. It doesn't need to end this way. This person has given up. You do not need to give up. Even if you're in the same situation, do not despair. There's another despair. There's another way. And he says, remove the possibility of uh, defeat. And he quotes Sun Tzu and he says, do not worry about victory. Remove the possibility of defeat. Victory is beyond my control, but I'm mortal on one, uh, one on a planet of six billion in the scheme of things. Almost no decisions are within my control. Ultimately, the, I disagree with that. Ultimately, the only person I control is myself. And even that's a struggle. I can do everything within my power, but ultimately it, it's up to other people to believe and act. And he talks about circumstance. He says, go back to beginning. I, I don't agree with this. I think it's, it's a much the right thing to do in this situation, Brian, is I think what you're saying, which is. Go to everybody and say, here's where things are. I've been in a company, probably you have too, sure. where you show up to work one day and the doors are shut. Yeah. You know, like you have a job, you have a, a paycheck coming. And then one day they, they say, everybody come here and, you know, we've got to talk and the doors are closed and like, you're all, we have no job. We have no company anymore. Right. You know, I'm not saying you tell people ahead of time, but there's a time you're saying to throw in a towel. There's a time when you say, you know what? That this isn't working. Well, here's here's the, off the band aid, right? Is is which? What does it mean to honor your employees, right? What does it mean to respect your employees? If if you know that you are on the road to financial ruin, and mm -hmm. you and you don't believe in where this company is headed, mm -hmm. and the numbers say that you're going to run out of money in 30 days, what favor are you doing to your employees mm -hmm. by giving them BS work that you know for a fact isn't going to go anywhere, so that they could run out of money 30 days from now rather than now? Mm -hmm. uh, what we're talking about is the difference between the seen benefit and the unseen benefit. Mm -hmm. The seen benefit is you have a paycheck right now, and that's a thing that we have in our hands. Uh, and we hate the idea of losing the seen benefit. But what what might have happened from the freedom of being, you know, like we talked about Odeo, you know, I yeah. guarantee you there's some fabulous success stories of people who are at Odeo who now have gone on to something else that never would have happened if, if they were, if they stuck in there, like, we're going to keep fighting iTunes. Right. Yeah. I mean, these are all really good points. And one of the, and, and let's see if there's people still on. Well, and this, this comes back people still to, to the theme, uh, to the theme of the show, which is there are people who, who can't let go of the tangible benefit of where they are right now. They hate their cubicle. They hate being yeah. on the phone queue. Yeah. They hate how much they're being paid. They hate the soulless existence that they have every day, mm -hmm. but it's a seen benefit and they can't let go for the unknown benefit. Uh, and, and in general, 
it almost everyone I've talked to who's gotten fired five years later says getting fired was the best thing that ever happened to me. Yeah. How often do you hear people who, who, and at least in our, I'm not talking about the people who are like, I'm talking about the people in the industry, like that we're in where you can, and we're, and I, I know that I include many, many of my, we've got amazing listeners on this show who are, you know, you think that this is like people who are geeks and in tech, but this, this show has a, an amazing list of listeners who are in all lines of work. So I'm talking more specifically about like, if you're a software developer or designer today, like you can pick and choose what you want to do. Maybe you got to move to a different city, but like I, people are freaking out trying to hire developers and designers and, and like every single company that I know that they're looking for somebody right now, sure. you know, it's, it's a great time to take that kind of a risk. And so many people are, you know, if they get fired or if they quit, like how many times, at least in this industry, do they look back and say, man, I, I never should have left that. Oh, I'm glad that I left every single thing because this is where I am now. I would never have been here if I wasn't miserable as a CTO. And that doesn't mean that everyone who gets fired is definitely going to get a better job afterwards. Right. You know, it's like watching a, a, a stock market growth curve. There's going to be ups and downs. But in general, uh, upward mobility is made of change. Mm -hmm. And if you refuse change, then you lose the upward mobility. Mm -hmm. Oh, you want to talk to Dana? Yeah, I do. Me too. Dana. Hello, it's actually Dana. Dana, that's even better. In your face. Oh my God. I know, right? Dana, you've got Dana. the best. I think it's even better than Dana. From now on, anybody who calls in Dana, Dana, Dana I'm going to call him Dana. There you go. All right. Changing so, one step at a time. So you are 25 years old. Can I say the city you're in? Yes. Golden, Colorado. Is that correct? Yep. Course and, country. That is. Your question is how do you quit a job? At a company that you like. Correct. So what's your situation about? So I have been at my company now for three years, and it's my first job out of college. And it's a small company, about nine of us total. And I've kind of come to the point, I would call it growing pains, where I'm ready to move on from the company, but there's nothing particularly wrong with my job. I just think... I actually might even want to move into a different industry. I'm in web design and development, but I do project management. And, oh, it killed me. So you, you were talking about people being scared to call in. I think I'm scared to call in just because it kind of takes me one step closer to oh, moving forward. Oh, because you've said it out loud now. Right. <laughs> okay. You took so that first wrapping. step out of the door. That's right. You've actually admitted that maybe this is something you want to do. All right. So for, first of all, you know... Like back in the old days, like my parents, my grandparents time, they'd be a one job and, and they'd stay there their whole entire career. Maybe you have two jobs in your lifetime, you know, uh, mm -hmm. may, maybe three in your whole lifetime. And I don't you know, I've I've thought about this a lot. I thought, is that is there a, is it a loyalty thing? Do they feel like they owe the company something? I'll, let me tell you something. If that company that you work for, no matter how wonderful it is, if if they lost a big, I don't know what, it's web design. If they lost a big client, you're gone. Like, they're going to mm -hmm. let you go. You know, they're going to lay you off. Right. Yeah, that's not a two-way street. Right. Like, they would fire you in a second. Oh, <laughs> absolutely. And if they thought you stole a stapler, like, you might be gone. You know, it, you may, they may love you. You may love them. But, you mm -hmm. know, if, if, 
if there was a problem, they would do it. I'm not saying they'd be happy about it, but the when when there's a business, especially a small business, like the bottom line is, you know, we we need to stay profitable. Now, I'm not saying that to make you feel like, like yeah, you should just go and quit. What is it that's making you feel like? you want to leave do you, you know and by is it, the way is it obligation or there's nothing wrong with what you you're feeling either but what's yeah what's making right. you, are you are you just do you not like the work environment or you do like it but you're just want a variety of change what's what's the thinking there yeah well there's there's three things uh one is probably that i feel like there's been a lot of there's some tension in the office between about probably three different people that I'm not involved in, but I'm really kind of fed up with everyone being catty with each other. Mm. Uh, second is that I'm generally kind of unfulfilled with my work. And we have one major client who I'm kind of, I don't enjoy working with, but they're kind of always going to be on the docket as long as I'm there. Yeah. And then the third thing is that I'm actually kind of, I just got um, about six months ago, my yoga teacher certification and I'm finding that my passions and interests are kind of pulling me more towards like health and wellness and more helping people in that sense instead of the whole tech project management type situation, but maybe working for a, a company with my skills, but that's more in a different industry. So uh, my co-host on NSFW, Justin Robert Young, once said something offhandedly, and I was surprised at how much it, it really resonated with me. He said that there's nothing greater in life than working within your passion. And thinking back on it, like I have, I have since quitting my day job a decade and a half ago, I worked so much harder than ever before. And it's never felt like work. It's, it's felt like play mm-hmm. and pure joy. And I, from what I've heard, you know, the bad news is wherever you go, there's going to be internal politics. There's going to be clients you don't like, there's going to be stuff you don't like, but out I, of the three reasons you gave, the only one that I even really heard was my passion is somewhere else. And, you know, as long as you can financially make it work. I mean, there's, he's right. There's nothing better than working within your passion. Uh, and that, you know, that's a great right. point is, is t- two points that I, that I had, which coincide with Brian. On the one hand, the grass always seems greener, right? Like you think that you're going to change jobs and there's not going to be a couple people at the company who you don't know. That's everywhere. Everyone's caddy mm-hmm. at every company. There's drama at every company. Unless it's you by yourself in a room, not talking to anybody ever, there's <laughs> going to be drama in the, co- you know, it's just, it just is. So you won't escape, right. you won't escape that. Okay. But right. it will be different people and it may take a little while for it to start and happen at another company. But the other reason is, you know, listen, 20, you said you're 25, you're three years out of school, this is your first job. Now is the right time yeah. to try something different. If you want to, if you want to go and, and follow your passion, like Brian's talking about, now is the time for you to do it. If you're not going to work thinking, man, I really like this. And you go home and you don't have a mortgage and you don't have two kids and you don't have a dog and you don't have car payments and you don't have to, you know, if you have the ability to say, I'm going to try to be a yoga instructor now, and maybe it will be a pay cut, but mm-hmm. I'm passionate about it. Now's the right time to do it. Or at the very least, get it out of your system. Get, and that's now that's what Brian was right. talking about earlier. I want I want you to tell that story before we close out sure, the show. Sure. But uh, so we'll circle back to that. But yes, get it out of your system. 
try it and say, you know what? I had a, a nice technology job and then I went and I, st- I, I said, I always wanted to be a yoga instructor and I got my certification and then I went and did the yoga instructing stuff and I did it for six months and I gave it a good shot. And while I liked it, I feel like it's more of a hobby. So I went back into technology when I was 25. Right. And before right. you got five At raises. 45. Exactly. Before you were given up six figures to go do it. Can you afford to, you know, to go and, and be a yoga instructor? Because I'm guessing yoga instructors make less than project managers at a web company. I'm guessing. I don't know. I'm, I'm really asking. Yeah. I don't know. Well, and cur- currently I do. I have one. I teach like one class a week. Um, so I, I don't know. I could, but I could. I'd almost rather look for like working, you know, marketing for a yoga company or something that way where I can use what I do with, you know, what I care about. Um, so could I afford it right now? Probably not. But I think now is the time I could start looking now, right? While I still have a job. Yeah. Is that, I mean, that's kind of what you're supposed to do. Right. Before you have to. Yeah. You tell me but, about, you, what you do is you tell me of a dentist appointment and then you go to the dentist and right. then, then when, if for the follow-up interview, you, you, so when you go in, you say, I had a dentist appointment. And then when you come back, they're like, how was your dentist appointment? You say, it's okay, but they found a couple things. I got to get them filled. And then that way you can, when you have your follow-up interview, you say, oh, yeah, I got to go back and get that thing done. That way it's all connected. Right. To you. I'm not saying you should lie. I'm just saying. I'm just saying don't tell the truth. Right. Don't, tell, don't, don't be fully honest. <laughs> don't say anything so if, unless they, t- if they that works right. out. If all that happens and say I do find another job, which is what I want with, you know, August is my time frame. Um, the big question I have is, who do I go to? So I have a direct report, and he's kind of the one who brought me on, and we work on all of our projects together. And then there's the husband and wife who own it. The husband's the CEO. The wife's the COO. And I'm comfortable with all of them, but, you know, who do I go to first to say, this is what I'm feeling, and I think it's time to move on? Well, it's like, good I don't want to undercut my direct report. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. If, mm-hmm. if there was is, – is there anything that the people – above you in the company could do that would make you want to stick around? Is there any chance at all that they, and, and not just get the job good enough, but make it something make where it you're something you'd excited. want to go to. Yeah. Right. Is there anything, I, could, honestly, could they change and I it? I thought about that. I don't think so. Yeah. I mean, then you're done. Yeah. I mean, it sounds not, like you don't need no. to talk. To I, I don't think you need to talk to anybody. Right. I, think, I think you find, yeah, I think you find in whatever new job is that you want to go and do. And then you find it, yeah. you get it, you accept it, and then you go back to these people. Whoever is your whoever you go to to ask for time off, that's who you go to to tell them you quit. And you say, "This is my Ooh. two weeks' notice. I'm done. Thank you very much." Okay. Uh, you, there's no reason to talk mm-hmm. to anybody. You don't need to give them a heads up. Um, it's, okay. it's all business. I know it feels, especially in a smaller company, it feels like, oh, it's a family thing. It's not like you get to walk in there and be like, here's my resignation. See you later. Peace out. You can tell them why you did it, but in, you know, don't, don't give them the miss. Don't, don't, don't give them the idea that maybe they could twist things, uh, fix things because if they can't fix it, if then don't, don't say I'm unhappy because then they're going to be like, Oh crap, she's unhappy. Well, how can we fix it? They're going to want to aggressively try to fix it if they value you. Yeah. This is not, this is not you, uh, you know, needing a cushier, but this is you heading in a different direction. Right. You're not looking for a raise here. Yeah. No. All right. Dana, you get a call back and and let me, we get a call back and you got to let me know what you do as soon as you do it 
And just when you call in, okay. tell the, tell Danielle or Hattie, whoever's screening it, just say, this is Dana, and I've got an update, and uh, and we'll take your call. Okay? Awesome. Thank right. you so much. That's, um, I'm glad I made the plunge. <laughs> Good luck to you. Thanks for calling. Yeah, bye, guys. Bye. See, people call. We get all kinds of calls on here. You're doing good. I'm being told. Let's do, we'll do, t- we're almost, o- oh, we're over, dude. Uh, let's do two more calls because we get a couple of people who've been on hold we're a long over, time. We're over, but we're going to do two more. We're yeah. going to do two more. <laughs> okay. We have absolutely no more time. Next caller. <laughs> Here's a guy, C.K. Hicks. He's 27. He lives in Springfield. And he's also in the chat room. He's in the chat room. He's emailed in, I would say relentlessly. <laughs> People always get upset when I, when I say, uh, no, Virginia, we'll get you. Virginia has some kind of update, chronic. She's a chronic. Uh, this is interesting. C.K. Hicks. Yes, sir. What, do people call you C.K.? Like, is that, is that a thing? Yeah, yeah. I've, I'm, uh, I'm actually the fourth. I'm Charles Kimball Hicks the fourth, and so they already had Charles, Charlie, everything else, so CK stack. Okay. I'm going to call you HW. <laughs> HW Plainview. So what's, uh, what's your story? It says how to buy more time to make new mistakes. What does that mean? Well, at first, uh, you said email. Uh, I, I really appreciate Danielle putting up with emails and voicemails and all this other stuff. I've been, Is that what's uh, sucking up all the time? Them- <laughs> it's probably my fault. Uh, no, I've been doing that basically since episode one of this show, though, and so it's been and just trying to keep her updated, and she's been real encouraging. So uh, hold on to her. But no, I, I'm I'm 27 years old, single, got a little bit of debt, living in Springfield, Missouri. Uh, I've been self-employed for three and a half years. Uh, ever since my my sort of day job uh, at a silly dot com came to a halt right at this time, my first apartment lease. And uh, so I have eight years of WordPress experience, 10 years in audio video. Uh, but, you know, it's been kind of the classic startup. Uh, I have to, I've had to be less picky about my rate of pay, took whatever projects I could find, learned from whoever I could find, etc. cetera. Uh, but I soon learned that Springfield's not really a, a web developer community. Uh, there's not a whole lot here. So over the last three and a half years, my savings and earnings have been dropping and uh, something's got to change. You know, so I want to branch into more podcasting and writing and using this web and media knowledge that I have, but I'm kind of stuck in that, in that little valley uh, spot. And so the how do valley, I buy more time? Yeah, exactly. How do I buy more time uh, without a lot of capital uh, to make new mistakes and start something else? Yeah, I mean, that's that's a tricky one because on the one hand, it's a, the rock and a hard place kind of thing. You've got, you're depleting your funds. Right. Mm-hmm. But you, you want to continue down the path that you're on. I mean, is that, is that oh, yeah. in a nutshell? Yeah. And I mean, and I've even, uh, for the last six months or so, I've been working with a, a small developer shop here. They specialize in WordPress, which is what I do. And, you know, I was supposed to get some projects from them and, uh, it's sort of been put on the back burner and I've seen other people get hired as I've kind of just stayed there and been working and, they haven't charged me rent, which has been nice, but you know, I, I was supposed to be talking full time with them a couple of months ago and that still hasn't happened. So why, why isn't that happened? Like, they, they, it's just getting lost in the queue. And, and, uh, I've talked to them. I have a really great relationship with the two bosses, but they say they want to make sure that there's, uh, 
uh, you know, there's enough new business coming in to bring someone on. And it seems like there is, so I'm just not sure. Uh, I think they're being square with me, but it's, it's just hard to figure out where I am in that process, which basically means, what have, you know, what, I, what, I, used up what have you said to them about it? Have you just gone up to them and said, what's the story on this? Or are you just sitting there hoping they walk over to your desk? Be, no, pro, no, be no. more I, proactive. I be more proactive. You've got to go over to these people and say, you know, listen, you guys talked about bringing me on full time X months ago. Why, why hasn't that happened? Because I'm ready to do it because guess what? Mm. I'm running out of money. I'll tell you what, man. Nothing changed. Like you don't really have a conversation about money until there's a very credible threat of you leaving. Mm -hmm. It was amazing. Like when I when I was quit my day job, uh, I had decided I was out. I'm gonna go try to do magic for right. a living. And then and it was as mm -hmm. though like I said the words like I'm quitting. Yeah. I am out. Then the vice president comes in, sits down, is like. All right, Brian, how much do you really want? Right. As, as if everything else was going to be BS. And I'm like, no, you don't understand. Unless you're going to offer me, to, unless you're going to pay me to eat fire, I'm, I'm, I'm Casper. I'm out of here. Well, you are good. A great, full of great titles today. This is <laughs> yeah, he is. He's good. We need, we, we need him here to do this. But this is, but this is a thing. You know, this is, this is a situation where you're, you're kind of, it sounds like hedging your bets uh, on these other folks coming through for you at some point. And you don't know if that's really going to happen or when. Avoid the mushy middle, man. Sure. Yeah. There it's ain't no like, money there. Walk up to them and say, are, are, we, are we doing this? Now, if they give you an answer like, well, we're going to have to see where things are in Q3 because we're not sure if we're going to be closing these clients or not. We're going to fight. Listen, <laughs> like that's not a good enough answer. And you don't have to be mean about it. No, just, just, just lay it out. Like they say that, you're like, I totally understand where you're coming from. Uh, that's the best phrase. As somebody said, it was a Bruce Lee says, never try to match force with force, right? So it's like they're coming at you with a fist. You don't try to block their fist. What you do is you, you, you move it to your side by saying, I hear what you're saying. And if I were there, I would say the exact same thing. But here's where I'm at. Mm -hmm. And then and then it's like, yeah, I get it. You're saying you can't do anything till Q3. I'm, but, but the fact is, you know, that's not going to work for me. I can't make that work. Now, don't worry about buying time. You know, this is you're going to have to hit the pavement, I think, pretty soon here. Because when you go to these guys yeah, well, and you say you're yeah. bringing me in and they say no, because they're going to I mean, I don't want to do this, but they're going to say no. I can already tell you, because if they wanted you, then they would have done it already. But unless they don't know that there's an urgency here for you, if they don't know what your situation is, you can walk up and say, look, guys, this is what's going on. Tell them nice. But say, I need, you know, I need to know what's going to happen because and don't be like bashful about it. People are always bashful about like saying I, I need this on a certain time frame because I've had people come up to me and say, you know, and, and this might have been in a project situation if they you know were doing freelance work or even in a full time thing. I've had somebody say, are you are you going to be able to hire me for this? Because I need to know, because if not, I have to go and take this other thing well, or and, I have to go weirdly, and do something else. Weirdly, you're doing them a favor by saying, by like, if yes. you're piloting this ship, yes. you're like, hey, man, that up there, that's the rock that you needed to pick left or right or you're going to crash on it. And you've got about two weeks. Yeah. Not yeah. like an ultimatum necessarily, been, but. And that's, that's what's been tough is because I've had a, a similar conversation uh, with them and, and they have said, you know, to my face that this is going to happen, but, and then, you know, it extends a couple more weeks. And so that's just gotten old. And no, so, you can't do you know, that. You can't do yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Well, I, I know. And so there's been, you know, the good thing is I've, I've tried to take this and turn it, you know, as you do and, and uh, started writing some, uh, some gun for hire stuff is what I called in and trying to sort of chronicle 
the journey. And that's why been, that's probably some of the emails that, that you've been seeing, but uh, trying to kind of keep my mind in the right place and sort of be mindful of the surroundings. And, you know, it, it's kind of the reverse situation from what we normally hear on this show, but the, the struggle is very real. You know, if you have the consideration of needing to transition away from a job for whatever reason, then, you know, I, I just don't want that time to be wasted. And so, yeah, I've been trying to kind of write as I go, but, uh, but it is, it's, it's very much a kind of a, okay, is this going to happen or not? You know, if it doesn't, then I, I got to go do something else. I think you're going to have to go and do something else anyway. I think you just plan on that. I, I just, and I'll tell you what, man, you use that, say, say, Hey, just so you know, I'm on track to need to leave unless there's some reason, exactly. there's, unless there's some compelling reason that I should make plans to stay for where I am right now, I need to be finding something else. And then you'll get their intention. They will talk to you honestly in a way you will not get anything else unless you have mm-hmm. that credible threat of leaving. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they, otherwise they're like, ah, he's not going anywhere. But you've got to. And, uh, you know, you may not want to, but it, you're just being honest. You're being honest with yourself. You're being honest with them. And when I did have that person come to me and say, you know, hey, Dan, I need to know about this thing. I, if not, I'm going to leave. Now, maybe they were bluffing. Maybe they were saying it to kind of pressure me. It doesn't sound like that's what you're doing. This is a legitimate issue. But, you know, if they were coming to you saying, if they came to me and said, listen, I got to go do this thing. And my response is, okay, let, let me tell them exactly what they need to know. And I would say, I can't tell you yes. If you're asking me now, the answer is no. I will, I, I may know something in a month. I may not. I may know something in three months. I may not. I would love to be able to work with you. However, right now, today, you're asking me, the answer is no, because I don't know. And if it's not you, I'll find somebody else to do it. I hope it's you. If you're still available in three months, great. But right now the answer is no. That is exactly what you need to hear from them. You need to hear a final yeah. answer. And it's, and it's it's something you're afraid to hear, right. but it's the best thing you could possibly That's get. Right. Because right That's now right. there exists something that is an objective truth and you don't have it. Yeah. You need to get yeah, that objective truth. You've got to get that. Well, right. that, and I, Shlok has been real helpful. I know I got a little bit ago, but Shlok's been real helpful in the chat room. He said that, uh, you know, you got to do what you got to do to get a paycheck, but the sole focus, if it doesn't work locally, because there's just not a lot of stuff here locally, unfortunately, but he said to bug a bunch of remote places uh, and see if anything, you know, could could be done remotely with other shops to basically stay in the in that space, but not uh, not be dependent upon, you know, the local market. I mean, does that, is that, I, I thought that was pretty good advice, but I mean, do you guys have any thoughts on that before I go? Hmm. I just, I, I want you to cut through all of that. And I want you to imagine, and this is going to sound silly, but I feel like you're focusing in too much on the, the little details right now. Am I, Brian, am I off base in saying that? I want, I, I like, you need to. He, he doesn't have proper intel right now. Yeah, you you're, don't have, in, you don't have the intel. You're in the dark and you need to get out of the dark. You clearly have a direction you want to go. And, and you're not, you're going to be doing your employee or employer a, fla- a favor mm-hmm. and, and you're going to set yourself in the right direction if you just be direct. Yeah. Yeah. Be direct. Yeah. And I, and I say you need to, you need to think more about where you want to be. I'm not going to say have a five year plan. Just think about six months from now. Decide, decide your plans. They're not doing you any favors. Yeah. Look, your null hypothesis is that they're not going to hire you full time. Right. Right. So start with that. Make plans based on it announce that unless unless there's something you're not hearing these are going to be your plans and then and then maybe something will change in which case great you now got what you want and if it doesn't change then guess what you at least made the right plans because mm-hmm. you because you guessed correctly all right so i'm gonna, I'm gonna let you go ck hicks 
but I want you to call back and let me know what you do, all right? Will do. Thank you, guys. Okay, bye. Good luck. So, Brian, I have categories of people, people that I'm worried about and people that I'm not worried about. Yeah. Vampires. Which category? Um, not worried. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> Zombies worried. Uh, I'm not worried about him, actually. At first, I was thinking I would put him into my worried about him, but I think he's going to turn it around. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's I said- think he's he just needs to. Here's I don't I didn't want to say this while he was on the phone. OK, but he needs he needs to grow a pair. He needs to man up and he needs to walk in there and be like, guys, this is what's going on. I can just see him sitting in his little sitting in his thing. Well, and here's the weird part. Does anyone come? No, no one came out. Don't be that guy. Employee, he's employers, better than that. Employers don't he's want that guy that. either. No. They want, like, like uh, employers going to respect you more yeah. if you say, look, man, this train's going somewhere. Yeah. Uh, is it yeah. going to be here or somewhere else? Right. Like, Scare they, they Yeah. It's like I'm going to be gone. Like, I'm, you're going to be in my rearview mirror. And mean it and do it. And then make something. All right. We got to get Virginia here. Virginia in Seattle. Sleepless in Seattle. Virginia, what's going on with you? Virginia, by the way, Brian, Virginia's a chronic. She listens to all the shows. She tweets By the way, about every, all the shows. Every time you say this, I think of like dude, just all weed smokers is what I assume you mean. That you know, we, she's a chronic caller, chronic she, listener. I'm not saying what she does Seattle, in her Washington. spare time. <laughs> all right, that's up to her, and it's her own business. I mean, look, it's, I'm from Seattle, but don't go crazy. Like we're not all. <laughs> so Virginia, for those who don't know, for new listeners of the show, and for Brian who's never listened to any five by five show, listen to every single five by five show. Uh, I'm Virginia the was fan. was maybe one of my first callers in early episodes of Quit. She used to be a fan of Back to Work, and 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 uh, hopefully still is. <laughs> and you're uh, good. And this show changed her life. She was working for a large technology company in Seattle area. I don't know what which one. Uh, it's probably the big one. And she was a consultant and she was going to quit because she was unhappy and then her contract ended. So now she is doing something else. So now you have some updates for us, Virginia. What's going on with you? Well, I, I, I am aspiring to get to the point where you are uh, not worried about me anymore, Dan. Yeah, you're still in the worried <laughs> but, about me camp. I need to make stickers that I send to the people that I'm yeah. worried about. Dan is, Dan is worried about shirts or mugs. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> well, I'm oh, worried Heidi, about Heidi, don't forget, too. we got to get Brian some T-shirts and mugs before yeah. he goes. Danielle, if you're out there. Here's stickers, too. What size American Apparel? You're a yeah, medium, aren't you? No, you're going to be large because <laughs> oh, you me? like no, room. Oh, no, I'm, I'm small. Small I'm, I'm American Apparel. No, yeah, on American no. Apparel? On American Apparel, you're a small. a small American Apparel. I'm a tiny, tiny Dan, man. You're, you're fat. I know. <laughs> What's going on? I like a me- I like a medium. <laughs> But th- maybe and they shrink too. They do shrink. This is so we'll much hold one up and you can decide. I'll flex my ripped right, muscles. Da- for Danielle, all of you. find a smaller medium, <laughs> and uh, and and get a mug for him and some stickers. All the stickers. All right, Virginia, go on. Go ahead. Well, I uh, I I think that I was a little worried about me too in the beginning, and on some level I still am. But I'm doing so much better than when I first called you. Things are really chugging along, and. I'm finally realizing that your advice of thinking sort of business first, how can I make money, not just do what I'm passionate about, but pay the bills with it, is finally starting to sink in. I'm slow at it, but I'm getting there. So what did you do? What's yeah, been what, the big change? Yeah, tell, tell him what you're doing and see if he likes it. So I'm an online dating coach, um, and I started that as a hobby, but it's sort of grown into a business mostly because I couldn't keep up with, like, acquaintances asking for help. Um, and I, it had always just been a side thing. I never planned to take it full-time, but I did take it full-time when my contract at 
a major Seattle tech company ended sort of before I expected it to. And it's kind of funny. I had actually told them, listen, you guys got to hire me because I'm going to be gone. And it totally backfired at that particular company. <laughs> I mean, it, it feels like it backfired, but it sounds like you're it on sounds a like it worked. gig now. It sounds yeah. like it worked. Right. Right. So if, if my end game had been getting a full-time job there that would have made me crazy and miserable and super stressed out, then it backfired. But in fact, I'm so much happier that I'm not so worried about not making as much as I did there. I would love to have more money, but I have so much more happiness that I'm doing okay with that. Well, so it, I work with clients all over the place to kind of help them uh, navigate like the world of finding somebody to fall in love with online. And I just went to my college reunion in Pennsylvania and spent a bunch of time in New York. And I get to write off my whole trip because I did a ton of business out there. And I realized afterwards, Dan, that I should have been like, if you book with me prepaid with my little square while I'm here, you get X discount. I didn't oh, think yeah. of doing that until I'd already flown back home. So, oops. Yeah. <laughs> there are two but things. I, at least the thought occurred to me. There are two things I love about what I'm hearing. One is that it sounds like you did an honest assessment of your natural gifts and you figured out a way to move in that direction to where, uh, again, you may put in more hours doing what you're doing now and you make, may make less money in the short term, but you are doing what you are naturally good at doing, right? Uh, second of all, the thing I love is that this is a great market for you to get in because as we get more and more fragmented, as we – you know, use our, our electronic devices to correspond with people more and more, uh, you are filling an expanding niche of the very real biological need for people to find another biological compatible unit to connect with. And you uh, speak that language for people who may have that difficulty. So you're doing an important public service as well. I like everything I'm hearing about this. Yeah. Well, I'm glad to hear it because I think a lot of people misunderstand it when they first get it. They think I'm some kind of matchmaker or I'm like writing people's profiles for them. And it's it's a little bit more personal than that. I almost feel like a, a therapist with, you know, less credentials and less debt and who doesn't take insurance. But, yeah, I mean, I think it people really feel like a pain and emptiness as they get older and they haven't found somebody that they sort of envision spending their life with yet. And I get so much joy out of helping them meet that goal. And I'm finally finding ways to make money doing it. I actually, I look great right now. I should send you guys a screenshot because I'm all done up with like perfect hair and makeup because I'm recording a bunch of tutorials that I can sell downloadable. Um, that was one of like Dan and Shloki's tips instead of constantly doing something where I'm charging for my time and I have to be available for that time. I am basically going to be selling some of my products as a course with a follow-up call so that it's a less dependent on my availability and hopefully a little bit more sustainable. Dude, you're so doing this right. Yeah, she's doing it she's right. She's virtualizing her personality. And and what she keeps doing is she keeps changing it. And and when she first called up, she was just going to do this phone uh, thing. And then Shlok back in the day when Shlok would, would come around, he, he his advice was, you know, write a book, write something. And now look what she's doing. And each time that she does it, she says, well, how can I create something that will help make me money without me having to be on a phone or without me having to do something like that? And then, and I'm watching you kind of evolve your business and change the things that you're doing as you discover that, Oh, this thing didn't work. Oh, well, I guess I better go find a full-time job. No, this didn't work. What could I do better next time? How could I change it? How can I stick with the idea and evolve the idea? Are, are you making sure to build like your online email list and uh, make sure to send out weekly emails God, to everyone that's so on there? important. 
It's she, mostly for me um, because my newsletters are a pretty big deal. I blog three times a week. I, uh, I do a weekly podcast now about online dating, and I'm starting my newsletter. Um, it's a little bit slow. I think I need to push the newsletter more, but, um, you know, a lot of my more personalized tips are in there, so it's kind of I'm, I'm working on getting a little freebie ebook that you get when you sign up for the newsletter to try to incentivize that a little bit more. Um, but, you know, my initial plan was also writing – a tome of like, this is how you do online dating realistically 101. And I'm realizing not only is that less what makes money because people want little cheap bites, but I haven't written that book yet. I, it's, you know, I talked about it for since 2009 and it's not out yet. You know, so you know, okay, um, maybe there, there's something to listen to there. <laughs> all right. I'm going to give you two pieces of advice. One is uh, don't be afraid of free, free content and free advice should be the base of your pyramid. And people think like, oh, but if I give everything away for free and I essentially say the same thing in my book, nobody will buy the book. And that's not true. Uh, the, everything I've seen has been that you give away your advice for free. You help a whole bunch of people. Then you offer your book, which has to you, you're like, why should anyone buy this? It's the exact same advice, but in book form, but everyone will buy your book. And it will, the, the free advice will be the legitimacy that allows you to sell the book and make it a bestseller and make it popular. Um, and I forget my second. Oh, my second piece of advice is when it comes to writing a book, uh, best thing to do is uh, turn off the monitor. Because the problem is, is we all have a tendency to edit as we write. Mm. And you get like three words in. You're like, no, that's not right. And you go back. When you turn off the monitor and just start typing, you, you, you write like three sentences of garbage. And you're like, oh, what I really meant was this. And then you just start writing that. Editing is a separate task. First, you just got to get it all out. Just barf everything out. <laughs> and it's amazing. You'll spend like three hours and you'll look up and all of a sudden you've written 20 pages and you've, you've accomplished more in three hours than you did in four years of talking about getting ready to start something. That's a really good point. And I've also been thinking about, you know, there was a back to work recently where Merlin was talking about left brain, right brain, you know, and how to stop doing those constant switches that'll exhaust you. And my mom has always given me that advice too. She's a writer and she's written and edited a couple books. I'm bad at it. I do tend to edit as I go and I'm trying to learn not to, but I'll tell you, podcasting has actually really helped me in the sense that I, I, I'm pretty good at just putting it out there free form. And I think that I might start dictating a book like, you know, John Syracuse does with uh, Dragon anyway. Um, I, I have some pretty bad repetitive stress injury anyway, so some relief from, from typing would help. And it's pretty clearly demonstrated at this point that I can talk. So perhaps that would be a good tact to take. I like it. All right. So listen, Virginia, call back again soon. Let us know what's going on with you. All right. Good luck and keep keep it up. I will. Thank you, Dan. You're uh, not going to be worried about me by the time I'm done with you. I swear. I feel you transitioning from one pool to the other pool. I'm glad that right. that's positive. Well, thank you for taking the call. I know you guys are busy. Take care. Bye. All right, Brian. Where can people go to like get get your stuff? Where should we send them first? First of all, you're on. I'll put. I'm putting all these in the show notes. There's right now. a lot of them, and there's. It's it's sort of like yeah, choose your own adventure. If you want to see Brian. Pretend to, to know something about magic, then go to scamschool.tv. If you want to see Brian pretend to be smart about the changing shape of new media and the way we consume He's television. He's so smooth. Do you hear then, it? It's uh, already written out. I mean, he is reading off of a, off he of a card. Script, yeah. Go but. to twit.tv slash FR for frame rate. And if you want to see Brian as a screaming idiot every Tuesday night, that's uh, nsfwshow.com. All right. I'm putting all these. And on Twitter. Twitter, Twitter is at Schwood, and, and, and there is no C in Schwood, S-H-W-O-O-D. <laughs> oh, great. 
That's the last they would part put of, a C in there. So people do. It's like Schwood is the last part of bruh, Schwood. And if you want to yeah, know what so. he look, if you go and, and you've seen, like you've seen pictures of him with the spiky hair. Yeah. I told you we would bring up the hair. Oh, I'm selling out to the man. He now has a very modest. <laughs> a, I mean, a cap, is, a cap. I'm wearing a suit. Well, he's wearing a, he is wearing a, a, a ball cap today. But under the ball cap, I saw it because he, he sort of did the thing where you kind of li- you lift the hat up. Oh, and you kind of swing it back. It's so and you do, long right now. It's long. It's not spiky. And Sad. it looks, if you go to his Twitter account, uh, you will see. You'll see both sides. Both, Yeah, you'll see the super spiky. And then in the middle, you'll see the, the picture of him with see, the sort of. The, the guy hair in the, the middle looks, looks the saddest. That's the thing. That's you, though. Now. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's you. <laughs> I'm sold out to the man. That's right. So anyway, this has uh, been a, a joy having you here. And I hope Dude. people do check out your other stuff, and I hope you come back. I will totally come back because I have to tell my story of how I quit. That's right. And this is a good story. And we said, oh, we'll get to it on the show, get to it on the show. And then didn't here happen. we are. It's Turns not, out we're liars. Live to tape, though. All right, Joel Bush, thanks for stopping by. 5x5.tv slash capital is where you're going to go to find out the stuff about Joel. Hattie, who for the first time didn't take over the show. I know. I just have a terrible habit of that. She's Hattie Bird on Twitter, H-A-D-D-I-E. Burge co-hosts The Frequency. It's actually, that's her show. I co-host with her (laughs) on The Frequency on 5x5. I'm Dan Benjamin. Dan Benjamin on Twitter. Dan on Alpha. And of course, we have other shows here you might like. But thanks very much for listening to this one. uh, Joel, what's his Twitter? It's hard to keep Joel Bush on Twitter. Joel Bush? J-O-E-L There is no C in Joel Bush. There is no C (laughs) in Bush. It's a different kind. Uh, But uh, all of these links to all the things we're telling you about right now are in one handy place, 5x5.tv slash quit slash 29. And there is a newsletter there. You can sign up for that. And uh, we appreciate it. Brian, again, thanks. Thanks for being on the show, man. This was a total blast. And I will come back anytime you'll have me. Loved having you. Super cool. Check them out, everybody. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We will be back next week. Have a good one.